0: Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And we are so excited because today it's just the two of us. And we haven't had a podcast like that in quite some time, have we, Diana?
1: No, and I'm really excited to be um, talking about the topic that we've had. I like to break it up a little bit and do something different every now and then. And that's what I think today is really all about is... um, talking about not just the the normal kind of things about body positivity but how body positivity is showing up in our lives for us right now so actually when Arliss asked me like okay well what are we going to talk about if we're going to do a solo episode I was like you know what with summer coming up, with with like that, with the idea of like beach bodies and bikinis and like all that kind of thing. I, I think that this is a perfect topic. This is definitely going to start to pop up for us um, in the coming months as summer gets closer. Uh, as we're recording right now, it's April. Uh, and I anticipate our episode will come out maybe sometime in June or May. So as we're looking and entering the summer season and thinking about bikinis, thinking about our bodies at the beach, um, I know personally, I've definitely had my own journey when it comes to accepting myself in a bikini and um, accepting my body at the beach. And I'm curious, Arliss, like what, what was that process for you like? Like when was the first time that you ever thought about like what you would look like at the beach? I love this topic because it's it's really
0: changed for me over my lifetime. And I have a feeling that this has been true for you too. As, as well, uh, Diana. So I I have spent a lot of time at the beach, even when I was a little girl, I have pictures of me um, sitting in the beach, you know, obviously still in diapers uh, when I was really, really little. So uh, being at the beach and being on the beach is part of my norm. I mean, I, I literally don't remember that not being, um, the case in my life because I grew up in California and we traveled a lot as a family to Hawaii. And so, you know, I have a clear memory of being about 10 years old. Uh, and it was, Hard for me to find bathing suits then that were age appropriate because I was five foot seven and I had size C, well size like B, C breasts at that time. I mean, I was very tall and and had matured physically faster than the other people um, of my age and figuring out, you know, what I could wear at the beach or not wear, and just feeling really self-conscious. Um, and I wasn't, I, you know, I felt quote unquote fat, um, during that time of my life. And I look back and I really was just a larger bodied person than the other people in my age group. Um, and even some adults that I was around, you know, cause frequently women are under the height of five foot seven. So finding something that was age appropriate for me and comfortable for me was really challenging. I honestly don't even remember what I chose. I might've worn like a t-shirt and shorts or something. I don't think I found a bathing suit that I felt comfortable in. How about you, Diana? Like, where do you have, what's your first memory around that?
1: I would say that when I think about getting excited to go to the beach or to the pool and wearing a bathing suit, probably the first memory that I really have of that is maybe around like 12 or 13. And my friend and I were talking about, you know, like being cute in like triangle top bikinis and like all these different things. And I remember having this image of what we would look like in the bathing suits, like in my head and then we go to to try on bathing suits and feeling really disappointed that my body didn't look like what I thought it would or what I wanted or had this idea of what my body would look like in a bathing suit Um, and feeling disappointed that like it didn't quite look that way. And I, I think that that started to lead me into looking at where is, Where is my body not like that straight size or the the traditional size that, um, that would look good on, you know, the socially appropriate or like societally normal kind of body, um, you know, it pointed out to me that I had big th- hips and thighs and that, um, yeah. you know, sometimes it'd be like I needed a bigger bottom for my bathing suit versus a top. And feeling, you know, just kind of like disproportionate or like wishing that I would look a certain way and really feeling disappointed that um, that my dreams were dashed, basically. <laughs> Uh, Um, I can definitely remember that.
0: I remember the very first bikini I ever owned. Um, it was from J crew. I think I was like 12 or 13 years old. Um, I had ordered it online because I was a size large, extra large. And where I lived in California, it was hard to find that size in bathing suits. And, um, And I ordered it. And I remember looking at it on the model online thinking, wow, that's so cute. And it was a pretty modest bikini. Like it had shorts and the top was a pretty wide top on top. You know, it wasn't tankini, but it was close. And I remember thinking, wow, that looks so cute on her. And like, it's going to look so cute on me and all this stuff. And I got it in the mail and And I realized that one, my breasts were different sizes and there was no cup um, padding at all. It was just really thin material. So it was very obvious that my breasts were different sizes um, in, in that top. Um, I also, you know, my nipples showed, right. So I, which as a 13 year old was like, appalling it was so embarrassing because the material wasn't thick um and this is not a this is not anything negative to say about j crew or their materials at all it just that just happened to be the material of the suit and so you know they like they showed through the material which was like I'd never even considered that that would be the case. And then my thighs were big enough that it, um, it rolled up the shorts part of the shorts. So, you know, this image and what it looked like on the person on the screen, that was the first time I realized that, wow, I don't have the same body type as the person that is being shown as the model. Um, And it was also the first time that it kind of occurred to me, like maybe what they're showing on the model or the picture that they're showing is not like an accurate representation of reality. Like I didn't have the vocabulary at the time for like touch-ups or Photoshopping or anything like that. But, um, but I was like, huh, maybe this isn't, a real portrayal of, of what it even looks like on their body. So, um, I remember going through that and, um, and realizing that purchasing online, especially for bikinis or swimwear or things like that are probably easier for some people with specific body types than, than it is for other people.
1: Oh, I totally hear that, especially since nowadays I'm the I'm the person who like almost exclusively buys my bathing suits online. Um, But as you're saying that, like, I totally agree. It's about really finding a shape that's going to look good for your own body um, and not not just like kind of going with any shape but I actually um, if you're open I'm I really want to get back to this idea of we didn't mention it explicitly um, but the sexualization of bodies in a bikini or at the beach um, because as a 10 13 year old girl like you're not you're not going um, with an intention to be sexualized but at the same time you're having to select clothing or think about um, what you're wearing to avoid being sexualized.
0: Absolutely. And you know, by the time I got to 13 or 14, I looked so much older than I was. I mean, I was able to get into bars without being carded. And I mean, obviously the carding standards are much stricter now than they were back then, but I looked old enough to be there. Um, I remember being at a car wash when I was 13 or 14 years old and a guy asking me out on a date who was like 28 years old. And when I told him how old I was, he was so embarrassed. um, and, and like almost horror struck that he had, you know, asked a 13, 14 year old girl out. I mean, that was not his intention at all. He was so apologetic. So, um, So, you know, I want to, to say that right off. Like I, you know, I looked much older than I was and I was scared of that. I was scared of showing my body because of that, that reason, knowing that I, I already looked like an adult and I wasn't an adult and I didn't really have the skills to navigate adult situations. Um, you know, showing my body became a scary proposition. I remember, um, when I, I think I was 14 and I went to Hawaii and I was wearing a shorts, you know, it was a bikini, but it had shorts on the bottom and then it had a top. Um, it wasn't a, t- a tankini, but it was kind of like a sports bra, maybe. But I was so self-conscious of, of showing off my chest or showing off that I had an hourglass figure or anything like that. I wore a button up shirt over it into the ocean. Because I didn't want to experience getting those looks or leers or, or that kind of unwanted attention, and that was my first experience of like being aware of the sexualization of bodies. Now that's not the language that I would have used as a fourteen-year-old, um, but that was kind of like my first example of that, and realizing like how. Um, how devastating it can be to anybody, but especially young, young people to have their body sexualized just based off of what they're wearing. I mean, it can be so devastating to self-esteem. It can be so devastating to the comfort that an individual feels in their body. Um, and, There were times in my life where I, you know, I wore incredibly baggy clothes or just decided to not go out and do things at all because I didn't want that um, unwanted attention. And I remember going through a period of my life where I didn't go to the beach. I didn't wear a bathing suit. I didn't do any of that for at least a year.
1: wow yeah to think that you were so young and aware and um and already beginning to act out of not wanting to be noticed or not wanting to be seen in that kind of way is so interesting to me my experience was so different um i i have always liked less clothing (laughs) I say this and I'm like laughing to myself because I'm like, uh, you see me in my shirt, but like literally all day long, I've been like hanging out in my bikini. You can see I'm wearing my bikini on top. Like if it's up to me, I'm wearing as little clothing as humanly possible. But coming from a Catholic background, coming from a Filipino family that was much more conservative meant that that wasn't like what I wanted to wear. I would just want to walk out in it and it had nothing to do with with sexualization or anything, I just felt more comfortable in those sort of outfits and I would get chastised. I would get, I would get a remark from my family about not to wear that, that it wasn't okay. And for me, it came in almost as a, what I like is not good. What I like, it's not safe to express or to be um, the person that I really am and to express myself in the way that I really want and I never really understood it from that like sexualization perspective because I was just like what do you mean I can't walk around without a bra on and like in short shorts all day like you know that was because that was really what I wanted to wear (laughs) You know, like I just it's for me, there's a feeling of like freedom around it. And so it felt like when I would be in these situations where people would force me to cover up or force me to like wear something, it was like, oh, my like I kind of learned in that way, like, oh, my body's not good. What I like is not good. What I like is not safe. Um, So it's interesting to see how we've had such different experiences around that. Um, And I think it kind of it even reflects in like how we tend to dress or like what we wear now. Like, I mean, I definitely am a person who like, still likes to wear as little as humanly possible, Um, you know, and like, just feels much more comfortable that way. And I, I struggle with that sometimes in the realm of professionalism or being taken seriously or having credibility but at the same time I think it is part of my mission and my my self-expression to be to be more of myself and to express myself in that way because it is more comfortable for me um, and I I, re- I relate to like being 13, 14, 15, you know, like teenager and um, having that response for men, but I guess, you know, living in New York where beaches were not quite as available to me, I wasn't, like I was wearing that stuff all the time. If I were, you know, getting grabbed on the subway or something like that, I was wearing like pants and things like that. Um, Not really, I guess I would say I never really did feel safe wearing like skirts as a teenager or anything like that. but I mean, I did wear them throughout Catholic school because I went I went to like Catholic school and that was like part of our uniform. But on the subway or any of those things, I definitely was like in pants. And um, I think it's interesting how we make choices around what we wear based on the situation that we're in and like how safe we feel in that
0: yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. I don't know that this is something that we've ever talked about, but I went to Catholic school as well. Um, which is another parallel that we have. And I got in so much trouble for breaking the dress code all the time because I was so tall. So, you know, we had to wear shorts or skirts that were longer than our fingertips, that were like 2 inches longer than our fingertips. Um, and as a kid growing up, it was incredibly hard for me to find that. Um, I would have to buy like boy shorts or things like that in order and, where I grew up in California, we would have summers that would go over 110 degrees. So like wearing pants year round was very uncomfortable. Um, But it was very hard for me to find shorts or skirts that were long enough to not get in trouble for dress code. Um, We also had to tuck in our shirts and we had to wear collared shirts that were tucked in. And I also got in trouble because when I would raise my arms up, my shirt would come untucked because I'm very long torsoed. And so even though I would buy adult women's button up shirts, I still to this day, I don't think um, own shirts that are long enough that I can raise my hands over my head and not pull them out of my pants. Um, So I think that that, that is really interesting. You know, what's really You know, looking back on things is is when I look back on when I did wear bathing suits or I did go to the beach in a bikini, those were not actually the times that I got unwanted unwanted attention or felt uncomfortable or were made fun of or any of those things, actually. I mean, in all reality, um, even though I was feeling negative within myself, I didn't experience that from other people. Um, The the times when I did experience that were in during times where I was wearing far more clothing. Um, So, you know, I I think it's interesting. I, I made up a story around it, even though I hadn't experienced it and I expected to experience it and I and I didn't. Um, I would say that the biggest shift around getting to a place where I do feel comfortable in bikinis now, and I wear like little itty bitty bikinis. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I will ever wear a bikini as tiny as Diana's, but I try. I mean, they're close. Um, And and one of the things that changed for me was when I came to Hawaii as an adult, I was able to like really clearly see the women who are around me um, in all different shapes and sizes and um, wearing all different kinds of bathing suits, you know, seeing Um, women who have like a thinner body type that would be more um, classically or societally beautiful, like considered beautiful, wearing board shorts and um, rash guards, you know, long sleeve rash guards, and then seeing voluptuous, um, beautiful women that are you know, far curvier than I am even wearing string bikinis and seeing that diversity for what it was, it really healed something in me and allow, allows me now to know that I can be comfortable in my own body um, and such great examples around me.
1: I love that. I think it's so true about being here in Hawaii where there's so many different kinds of bodies and different people and I actually find that because it's much more common for people to wear not that much that there is less of a sexualization around it as well and I I found that um, I found that that actually even parallels in other cultures so in in cultures that are far more conservative where showing an ankle um, can be seen as sexual sexual it's it's really interesting because that's not the perspective here in the U.S. in Hawaii where like you know, like you said, when you were in California, like the idea of wearing shorts in a, or anything other than shorts in 110 degree weather is like crazy. Um, so there is a, to me, I find as beautiful and as celebrated as the bodies here are, it feels like there's less of this like inherent taboo or like sexualization that happens to bodies because they're more free and um, and universally exposed without without it feeling like like some form of taboo. To me, it's almost as if having that taboo or that forbiddenness, like amplifies or creates more excitement um, for people. And, a perspective around that body part being sexual or not like you and i we don't think of ankles as sexy but um i mean maybe you do i don't know (laughs) um particularly sexy or like societally sexy we don't really see ankles in that way where in certain other cultures where um where ankles are not shown maybe that is is seen or has more of this like excitement factor because of that forbidden nature yeah, I completely agree with that, and and I think
0: that the the mindset that really needs to shift, and and I wanna I wanna say that I don't feel like this is a male-oriented um, problem because uh, I see. Um, people that identify as female do it too, you know, objectifying men who are on the beach in board shorts and, and maybe they're muscular um, and things like that. So like, this is a societal problem. It's not like, oh, men are um, objectifying women or sexualizing women. No, this is, you know, this is across the board, this happens. Um, And I think that um, the challenge that's happening is that is that people um, in society promote this belief that other people's um physique is there for them to appreciate whatever they're wearing, whether that's a bikini, a dress, something that shows ankles, something that shows nothing at all. Um, and it's not. You know, our individual bodies and physiques and, and all that is for us to appreciate and we choose what we're wearing or not wearing based on our comfort level and our, with our own body and our comfort and our desire to show or not show and, and. Um, in our enjoyment of that. And it's not for other people's benefit, unless we have specifically told them that. So like, for instance, if I go out to the beach with my husband and I might say like, oh, I picked this bikini today. Cause I know it's one that you enjoy. Like I might say that, but I've said that to him specifically um, and given him permission to be part- partaking in that with me. But if I don't if I don't invite that, then it has nothing to do with anybody else. It has to do with my own choice. And it all comes down to consent culture around bodies. And that has to do with not only what is done to a body or not, but what is said about a body and, and, you know, all of those other things um, as well.
1: I love what you say with that, and what sticks out as we as we talk about that is this idea of assigning value to bodies or um, or our bodies as a form, like in how they are consumed by others. And what I hear you say with this is um, that when we invite someone to be a part of that experience with us, that's one thing, but. Outside of that, it's not implicit that someone has the consent to experience our bodies that way or to, um, you know, yeah, basically to experience our bodies in that way. And so for us, it's, it's our opportunity um, to really understand and embody consent. And I would say, Arliss, personally, it didn't feel like I had consent when I was a kid with what was said or what it happens around my body, so how is it that we're supposed to have or find this accepted, like this kind of feeling of like, oh yes, I consent to this or I don't consent, kind of thing? Like, how do how do we get there um, when it feels like people just consume our bodies without um, without our permission? I love this
0: question. I think the first step is really making an active choice within ourselves around what are we consenting to and what are we not consenting to? Um, Because unless we have really explored that within ourselves and really made those types of decisions within ourselves, it can, it can feel really hard and really abstract to then consider outside of ourselves. Right. Um, So really thinking about that concept within ourselves first and then And then thinking about, well, if somebody is commenting or leering or making sounds in reference, um, to your body that is not wanted, how do you want to personally deal with having that barrier in place? You know, what is the comfort level around having that barrier in place? Because there's going to be a different answer for different people. You know, some people might feel very comfortable saying to the person, I don't consent to you, to you saying that to me, right now or speaking about my body that way. Um, and I appreciate the if you wouldn't um, and being that direct. Um, some people will not feel comfortable feeling that direct um, and acting that directly towards another person. So and we want people to be um, doing what feels comfortable and safe for them. So if if a boundary is being crossed, Um, You know, how do you uphold that boundary within yourself in a way where you feel safe and in a way where you don't feel like you're compromising your values? What, what's your suggestion, Diana?
1: Hmm. I honestly, I would say that Um, In some ways, I've almost removed myself from situations where I could feel that way. But I think it is almost a little bit of a running away from those situations and not really standing in there and standing up for myself. And as I think about how I would prefer to run away versus (laughs) uh, to address it head on, being honest, of course. I would say that for me what comes in is like there's there's fear around standing up for my body. What if what if somebody I could see a situation for example where a male figure could get angry at me for saying something or or whatever and potentially finding myself in a situation that's almost more unsafe. By standing up for myself, so to me, there have been times where it's felt like no, the easier thing is to ignore it or to hide from it or run from it um, than to address it head on. It's not probably not the nicest, like you know, I don't necessarily recommend that advice for anybody else, but at the same time, I want to honor that that's probably more my reality.
0: Well, and I'm glad that you're really honest about that. And, and honestly, I think I would take it on a case by case basis. You know, I have, um, the privilege of being a much larger woman, you know, physically stature wise. So I'm five foot nine. Um, I weigh 260 pounds. So, um, you know, if I was being confronted by a man that was my stature or a person, it wouldn't even have to be a man, a person, um, that was my stature or less than stature. I might feel more confident being more direct and, um, specific in my upholding my boundary, um, around consent of the consumption of my body. Um, if they were, someone that was bigger than I was, I would probably find that intimidating because they have to be pretty big (laughs) to be bigger. And that's not a derogatory comment about myself, but that's just a comment about like societal body types, right? Like I'm on the, on the bigger end of societal body types. Um, I am much more likely to stand up for and speak out if I'm not alone, um i'm also much more likely to stand up and speak out if i'm defending somebody else other than myself so i think that all of those are very valid perspectives um I can definitely see a situation where I wouldn't say anything and I would remove myself from the situation. If it was a group of people, for instance, and I was alone and there wasn't anybody else at the beach, that's probably a situation I would remove myself from instead of being confrontational. So, um, and it's about really feeling where the comfort level is and the safety level is. I do wanna ask you now, Um, What is your favorite thing about knowing and feeling like you have a beach ready body um, and going to the beach and showing up in bikinis and feeling that comfort level now?
1: I would say that every time I'm at the beach or at the pool or in a bikini, that it feels like a victory for my five or 10 year old self. Because I think back to that girl not feeling comfortable, feeling, feeling ashamed to be at the beach and taking her clothes off, uh, you know, to be just in the bathing suit. I think about that girl. And I just, I have this sense of appreciation Uh, for the growth that I've experienced personally in learning to love my body, because it's not, I mean, if we're being, let's be objective, right? Like if we're being objective and we're comparing our teenage body, for example, to our, in our thirties kind of body, our body is inherently older. You know, maybe things are a little more wrinkly, a little grayer, you know, these things all happen to our body over time. So where I may have been in a more peak, state in some ways when I was in my teens it's interesting to me to be in this place where I'm in my late 30s and I feel more com- comfortable and confident and so it feels really like um, like a reward to go to the beach and to to feel comfortable and I'll tell you especially since I've mentioned in the past like I have gained weight it has been a re, discovery process of how do I feel comfortable and confident in my body as it's it's changed in another way. Um, and I, I honestly, I don't, I, while I can get frustrated at myself uh, in that sometimes, it's also the realization that like, I mean, in another 10 years, it's not like my body's going to be any younger. And I'm definitely going to be, like thinking like man my butt was so fabulous back then you know or like whatever it kind of comes in Um, so really just trying to appreciate my body in the moment and like I'm appreciating the growth that I've seen and the life that I'm able to live Um, because every time I'm at the beach I bear witness to and remember that little girl who was far less comfortable how about you Arliss what what do you love most about it?
0: One, it's a heck of a lot more comfortable, like literally physically comfortable to be wearing a teeny tiny bikini at the beach instead of like trying to get out of a wet piece, a wet one piece to go to the bathroom or, um, you know, bikinis dry a lot faster. So you're not sitting in wet (laughs) for as long. And I really love, um, the feel of the sun on my skin, which, you know, if I'm covered up, I don't feel that as much. And I get to show off my tattoos, um, which I invested a lot of time, energy, and money in. So, like getting to show those off feels really wonderful for me. Um, so, all of those on a practical level is awesome, and then on the emotional side, um, it just feels like the ultimate act of self-love to show up there. And if I, if there's one other person, um, who is outside the norm for their body type, um, and is younger or even older. And they see me, uh, wearing a small bikini at the beach and, and feeling comfortable in my body. I hope it inspires them to be wearing what they feel comfortable in, um, and wearing what they would feel good in without, you know, deciding based on what other people would choose for them or what society would choose for them. Um, And, and I am the rebellious type. I mean, you talked about rebellion and taboo and all that a little bit. I am totally the rebellious type. Um, You know, why, you know, I exhibit that in so many different ways. We could list all the ways, but, um, and so I feel rebellious, not because I'm showing my body, but because I'm showing a body that is not typically um, celebrated by society. And I like being rebellious in that way.
1: Oh, I love that. I think I hear you really looking at it as, um, as an act of love, like defiant love. Um, radical love, in a way, where it's about um, it's about really looking at and loving on your body as she looks today, and knowing that it is that you are being some form of maverick or um, or adventurer in that you're you're on a journey that maybe seems very bold and, you know, causes fear for others. So you for sure, just literally by standing in your skin and being confident and comfortable, um, literally just in your being, you inspire people, Arliss. So thank you for that.
0: Well, you too. And, and I have to say that Diana, Diana thoroughly inspires me. Um, one she she really wears what what she feels comfortable in and two the boldness of what she chooses as far as colors and cuts and all of that um it's really wonderful it's really wonderful and i have you know on the day that we did our fo- photo shoot together um, that was a a fantastic day, and it was really fan- it was awesome to like see the variety that you had and and you know what you choose to wear. It's definitely inspired me to feel even more comfortable wearing what I would choose to wear.
1: Yeah, and what I hear in that Arliss is that literally, simply by you walking outside walking in your skin in that bikini on the beach loving your body as she is is that defiant empowered body positive act it doesn't have it doesn't you don't even necessarily have to have all the feels in your head or you know in your heart yet but simply by taking on that physical action that is that is just such a bold move of self-love and can stem so much further growth, evolution, uh, empowerment—not just for ourselves, but for the women, the people around us—to know that it is safe to be in all these different body types, to be in, to be in a bikini, to be in a, a full-piece bathing suit, to be comfortable in our skin—is the ultimate, is the ultimate example that we can set, and and we do that. I, I think we do that every single day.
0: Yeah. So for all the people out there that are listening right now and they're looking at, you know, am I beach ready? Am I bikini um, weather ready? Um, What would you like to leave them with as your closing thought?
1: I would bring them back to their five-year-old and their 95-year-old self and I would ask them, what would would your 95-year-old self say? And what would your 95-year-old, or your five-year-old self say? Um, And if that's hard, so sometimes there are people who have a level of criticism, self-criticism, that that's a hard exercise. Think about what you'd wanna say to your daughter or to a friend in their five-year-old self. So if, if it's hard to do to yourself, use a, use a surrogate, but work with that five-year-old, that 95-year-old self. Um, who, what would they want you to know about being in a bikini right now? What would they wanna know about you being on the beach right now? How about you, Arliss?
0: I would say, of course you're ready. If you're asking yourself at all, am I bikini ready? You're ready, you're ready. You could be wearing a bikini that is literally the size of a postage stamp or you could be wearing a bikini that covers more than one piece. It doesn't matter. Um wear what makes you feel comfortable, wear what you've always wanted to wear cuz why not? Life is short. Both Diana and I have had experiences where our lives could have been cut short. Um and That's one of the things that helps me do the things that are scary. Yes, things are scary. It can be scary to put that bikini on and walk on the beach. And yes, fear is real. And we don't want it to dictate our decisions. So yes, your bikini ready. Get that thing on and and run out there.
1: I love that. Get out, get out there and run out in that bikini. You're already ready. Oh, thank you for that closing thought. Thank you for this honest conversation today, Arliss, I always love um, I always love getting to kind of dive deep into our conversation. It's it's always just such a such a special thing. Um, And I just want to say a quick word of thanks for my podcast, uh, co-founder, co-host, Arliss, uh, the ways that you helped me step out of my comfort zone, literally, as I said, just by walking around um, and to know that I get to do that for you is it means a lot because it means that we walking together get to do that for so many more people. So thank you, Arliss, for all you do.
0: Thank you, Diana. Thank you for an amazing podcast. We're going to have to schedule some more solo podcasts in the future because there's so I much I agree. Fun.
1: They're so good. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Body Positivity Podcast for body love, inclusivity, and respect for yourself and for others. And we'll see you next week.